Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well and uh, having a fantastic day. So today's podcast session is a topic that I know many of us are interested in. Something that I'm thinking about, which is building relationships with journalists so that the beautiful work that you're doing in the world can be featured in media and all of these different opportunities that arise out of that. My guest today is Aisha R. Shabazz. Aisha is actually a a licensed clinical social worker here in uh, the Philadelphia area. And Aisha had reached out uh, several weeks ago and just shared this topic of like, Hey, Melvin, like I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years, have, you know, built some relationships with journalists. I know that a lot of therapists are thinking about this and, you know, I'd love to come on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, I think this would be a fantastic conversation. So we are talking about a range of different things. So the very first thing that we're going to jump into is how a random comment on a LinkedIn post let uh, that Aisha made led to Ariana Huffington responding on this post. And then some of the the journey and uh, the imposter syndrome that Aisha felt just in terms of writing and putting her own gifts and, and speaking out there. And we're also going to talk about some of the real practical things. Uh, some of the pitfalls that that therapists kind of struggle with and how to work through them especially in building relationships with journalists. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, especially if you've been wanting to get featured more in the media. There was even a little thing that Aisha said when it comes to like SEO that I didn't know like certain companies can do. So just thinking about that, I think you'll find really interesting. So we'll get to today's conversation. Here's my conversation with Aisha R. Shabazz from AishaRShabazz.com. Hey, Aisha, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thanks for having me, Melvin. First of all, it's amazing that we live this close to each other, right? And that's always fun just to have another, I guess I'm now technically, this is my adopted city of Philadelphia, and uh, that's wonderful. And then the second thing is, like, goodness, you know, thank you for being such a longtime listener of the podcast. You know, I know we were talking about that before, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's really humbling to hear. And uh, I'm just so grateful I played a, a small part in the uh, in your business journey. Thank you for having me. I mean, this is such a great opportunity just to chat with you. I feel like, you know, 
longtime friends. So <laughs> absolutely. We we like to keep it on the longtime friend coffee chat level here on the podcast. So you're doing, first of all, some pretty amazing things. And when you had reached out and talked about this concept of like, you know, building relationships with the journalists and going on media, my first thought was, listen, you know, it's not like exactly we're taught this stuff in grad school, right? So I mean, how did you even like arrive at this thing? Like, this is a real opportunity there as a mental health professional. So I like to start off with the the very beginning, because if we just skip to the good part, then no one is ever going to think that it's possible for them. So how this opportunity really came about at being a fixture in how I promote and market my private practice is it started on LinkedIn. So minding my own business, just commenting on people's posts, liking, celebrating, and all of that. And one of the people that I follow on LinkedIn is Ariana Huffington. So for those of you that don't know who Ariana Huffington is, she is the reason why the Huffington Post exists. And she also has a company called Thrive Global that promotes wellness in relationship to your work-life balance. So there was a post on her account and I just commented and she replied back. And the comment and the thread was all about having your dream job or like doing the thing that you love doing the most. So I was so excited. The next day I went to work and I told my coworker of mine, who is a writer, we are kindred spirits over writing. And I said, you won't believe what happened. And I told the whole story and she was like, well, what is your dream job? And I said, what I would love to do is to travel and write. That is the epitome of what I would love to do. And she's like, well, what would you want to write about? I said, I'd want to write about my travels and I'd want to write about food because I love food. I love people's relationships with food and just like everything about culinary. I just love it so much. And she was like, well, why don't you just do more of that? Yeah, why not? So minding my own business, rocking and rolling around Philadelphia. I was actually finishing teaching a yoga class. I was teaching yoga at the time. And I was waiting for my bus to arrive. And I was just hanging out in the lobby of the building that I teach yoga. And I looked at this display case of different brochures. And in the display case, there was a brochure for the art institute that existed here in Philadelphia at the time. It no longer exists. And so I opened up this magazine, this brochure, and they had two writing classes. One was a travel writing class and one was a food writing class. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, I think I'm going to do this. So, you know, and I say, I think, because I really wasn't sure if I was going to do it. Both of the classes were 10 weeks each. They were taking place in the fall. And, you know, it was part of their adult learning program. So I knew that I wasn't going to be like the oldest student in my class, you know, but what I decided to do was to enroll in both classes. I had an amazing time. I had the same professor for both. And it was like a seminar-based class. It was very small, maybe 10 people at the most for each. And I learned so much. And at the beginning of the class, the professor said, well, everyone, I I need you to write down a goal for what you want to accomplish by the end of this class. And my goal was to be more confident in my writing because up until that point, my writing was just for me. I rarely ever shared what I wrote down and not necessarily talking about like journals, right? Like I think most people have like a journal that they write down their thoughts, but really just like 
things that I wanted to share with people, but I didn't have the confidence to do that. So in steeping myself in this writing experience, I gained the confidence to write. So fast forward to preparing to launch my private practice. A lot of the people that I was interacting with, specifically digital marketers, were saying that, you know, you should have a blog. This is the most automated and seamless way that you can promote your business without having to do the burn and churn of like social media or something like that. So I said, okay, like I'm confident with my writing now. Like I could write a blog and I can put myself out there. And as I was meeting with more and more people, I was sharing with them that I was writing every day. And someone that I interacted with, they said, well, you, if you're writing every day, another way for you to promote your practice is to submit um, interview requests through Help a Reporter Out. The acronym is called HARO, H-A-R-O. So I said, okay, like I'm already doing it, might as well. And I started submitting interview requests to these different journalists. And I got picked up, asked to submit questions, answer questions. Some of the interviews resulted in me talking to journalists on the phone. And that really just became a natural progression of me promoting myself through media coverage. That's amazing. Wow. There is so much in here. Like, would it be okay if we like dive a little deep? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So first of all, before we get into the, you know, the meat of this, what did you comment on LinkedIn that Ariana Huffington, do you remember the actual comment? Yeah. So the comment was in relationship to having your dream really fulfilled. And I remember posting something along the lines of like, oh, you know, my grandmother used to say, and then I believe, and I I tried to find the post before, but I've been posting a lot on LinkedIn. So it's kind of hard. It's like buried in there. And Ariana responded with, oh, my mother used to say. And so my heart melted because I was like, oh my gosh, Ariana Huffington. Now, of course, my beloved partner, he's like, you know, it, it might not actually be her. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's actually her typing those words. Like it's a LinkedIn profile. Come on. Yes. It's a LinkedIn profile. I understand. She's a very busy woman, but this just meant the world to me. So it was in relationship to really fulfilling your dream and not allowing it to just sit on a shelf and following through. And I think that thread really runs through not only my private practice, but also the work that I do with therapists as they're trying to build their practices is making sure that they keep the fun and the creativity and the thing that makes them them as a thread that's going through everything that they're doing. Because if you don't do that, then you're not really building a practice that's going to support you in the long term. You're just going to end up resenting the business that you work so hard to build. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way of saying it because, I mean, I'm running into this with STC, right? Like, which is, I'm thinking a lot about building what is what does a business look like that I love and I enjoy and I love doing the things, right? Because it is easy, right, to build a business that generates revenue, but you could hate that business, like you said, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I actually think, I mean, I would think it would be her, right? Because, you know, if it's a mother reference, like that's a very personal thing, right? Versus like somebody it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe I'll have a chance to meet her in person. Be like, was this you? <laughs> yes, I do remember that post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you did this. You took these writing classes. And from those writing classes, I know, I mean, at 20 weeks of content, right? Like so much you learned. What would be like just one simple pearl of wisdom that you gleaned from both of those classes when it comes to writing? 
The thing that I garnered the most, and this sticks with me, is the page is not judging you. So a lot of times people resist the urge to even write down their thoughts because they're afraid that they're not going to come out eloquently. They're afraid that it's not going to be the next, you know, Pulitzer Prize or, you know, I'm never going to be the New York Times bestseller with all of this on the page. And it's like the entity that's judging you is you, your inner critic. The page is not judging you. It is very agnostic, so to speak, in, in the writing process. So that is one of the biggest things that has allowed me to free myself from editing as I'm writing, just write. And when I tell my coaching clients that, like, just write, they get really hung up. Like, I don't know what to say. So the other thing that I encourage people to do that I learned from this class is start small. So don't start with the blinking cursor of, you know, your Google doc or your Word document you can start writing on pen and paper. And if there's a big sheet of paper that's overwhelming to you, start with a very small post-it note. Eventually, your words will spill off of that page and you could expand and expand and expand. Wow, I love the symbolism of that too, right? Like it is okay to not start on a blinking Word doc or, you know, it's it's, ah, just like a mini post-it note, right? Hey there, I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session so I've, you know, jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into outer network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients. But the reality is, I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? This is where Thryzer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thryzer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds. And Thryzer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. If you would like to try out Thryzer, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and Thryzer is spelled T-H-R-I-Z-E-R, and enter the promo code STC. For you, when you first started writing, you said like the page, like remember the page is not judging you? What were the things that were going through your mind when you first started writing that initially deterred you? So one of the things that deterred me from getting my message out there, because I was very free and on the page, that wasn't my issue. The thing that was holding me up is sharing it. 
And one thing that held me up was no one else is going to like it. Uh, if you put it on social. Yeah. If I publish this on my website, if I share this with a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, they're not going to like it. They're not going to understand why I wrote it. They're not going to understand the message behind it. They're going to judge me based on what I wrote. And so that was keeping me from sharing what I had written. And, you know, throughout my lifespan, pages and pages and pages, digital and physical pages of my thoughts of what's happening in the world, what's happening in my life, and no one has ever seen them. And so for me, the thing that pushed me over the edge is in sharing it was being in a curated community that was there for the same reason I was, was to increase their skills so that they can share what their gift was. Like we were all gifted and talented in our own way, but we needed each other to remind one another of that reality. And I think without that community, I would not have had the courage to do that. What was it about the no one's gonna interact with the, my content, like at a deeper level, what was the underlying fear beneath that? I think the underlying fear was rejection. You know, I, before we started recording, I shared with you that I grew up as a military kid. Both my parents served in the United States military, and that required us to move around a lot. So I was constantly the new kid. I always had to reintroduce myself, and that allowed me to be very adaptable, right? Like, you know, I had an elevator pitch before people knew what elevator pitches were. And so I was really, really used to having to start over. But at a certain stage in my development, I also got very used to rejection. And so something that was so near and dear to me, the act of writing, the art of writing was so personal that my ego couldn't take another piece of rejection. So that's another reason why I held it so close. Thank you, first of all, for going there, because I, you know, like, I think the fear of rejection and the experiences, trauma, right? Like for so many therapists, right? I mean, you said it so well, right? Like in that room, you felt like you saw a lot of gifted people. And I think that's the way I see everybody in our field. We're all gifted. And yet there is this piece of whether it's our past, whether it's trauma that does sort of cloud or jade that perception of who we are meant to be. And uh, yeah, I, I'm convinced. I mean, you know, STC is eight years old this year, and I'm convinced more than ever, like the internal work that we do, right, to become who we are meant to be. That's like the, one of the most important things that we can do as like entrepreneurs. Completely agree. So we're at this now at this harrow moment, right? First of all, I didn't realize I'm like so new on this stuff. I don't know. Like you can submit like as you as an expert. I thought you just wait to wait for like reporters to reach out to you, but you can actually do this the other way. Correct. So with Help a Reporter Out, you subscribe to a digest and currently the access to the digest, they have a free version and you select the different topics that you want to contribute your voice to. And starting out, I didn't know what to expect. So I just signed up for all of them. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So I signed up for all of them and they deliver this digest multiple times a day, every day. I think it's Monday through Friday, three times a day. So I signed up for all of them and I just kind of lurked a little bit. I would open the emails, I would look, 
And there are threads based on topics and they're all hyperlinked nice and neatly. And you eventually you can just do a control F for looking for specific keywords and then just respond to those posts. But essentially people are saying, I need a mental health expert to talk about X, Y, Z. And then you read what they're looking for. And if you think you have something to contribute to them, you reply to them through an email. It's secure. So you don't have their email right away. Some of the posts, you don't even know what periodical or news outlet you're responding to. And that's intentional for a lot of people because some people, they're only going to go for the, the big ones, right? And so you reply and you may hear back, you may not. And if you hear back, sometimes they'll say, well, can you elaborate on this point? Or I love what you said. Here's my full list of questions that I need you to answer. And this is the due date. Or they'll say, can we hop on a Zoom call or a phone call and interview you for this piece? Okay. So there's some real options. And then you said a little nuance. So it sounds like sometimes media, they won't even put what it's for just to kind of deter people, I guess, like from focusing on certain big ones, like to actually like get more, I guess, from their perspective, more responses maybe. Yeah. I think the the logic behind not putting the exact outlet that you could be featured in is they don't want to get people that are just going to performatively say what it is that they have to say about a topic. They really do want your honest opinion and really seeing if what you're saying is actually useful to their readership. That's interesting. It's also interesting that you know, authenticity and showing up was something that you came into, right? And it's actually something that's a skill that's highly valued for something like help a reporter out because they want those authentic interactions and those authentic moments. Okay, so I wanted to shift a little bit. So what are some like three tips to just grow your relationships with these journals? Is it just like checking help a reporter out like day to day? Or is it having like a I don't know, like a general framework of like, you know, this is like a response because I could see this being like very time consuming, right? And there may not be an ROI at all, right? So because they may never reach out or whatever, right? I mean, what are some of the most efficient ways to do this and think through this? Well, I think starting with help a reporter out is easier because you have a framework there. They're presenting you an option. You decide if you want to take advantage of that option. You reply, they reply, and then it's done. I find that when I'm encouraging my coaching clients to try something new in their marketing, it's easier for them to take a leap of faith when there is a, a structure and something to anticipate, as opposed to it being like, send an email out to a random journalist that you've never met on LinkedIn. Like That's a little bit more scary and intimidating. As far as what you said about the ROI, so this is one of the pitfalls that a lot of therapists fall into, it's like, well, I want to guarantee that I'm going to be featured in this periodical. I want to guarantee that I'm going to get into a certain news outlet. And here's the thing, you know, there are certain things that you can guarantee and marketing, I relate it to like planting seeds. Like you don't necessarily know what seeds are going to bloom and blossom at a certain time frame. All you can do is nurture that relationship. So if a journalist doesn't reply, don't see it as you wasted your time. Use what you wrote and repurpose that into content for your website. You can turn that into a full blog. You can turn that into social media posts if that's how you're promoting your practice. If you have a podcast, you can promote it that way. So 
anything that you're doing in the spirit of getting your message out there and your voice out there is always time well spent as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I love that. Like, it's a very subtle thing, but I love the shift, right? Like not seeing it as rejection, but maybe as an opportunity. Yeah, and the image that came to my mind is like tending a garden, you know, and and build and and planting these little seeds and you never know, like you never know where things will happen, why things will happen. But I think it's so funny. I am going to like, I'm going to look over here because I have folks that listen to the podcast know this, but I have a quote wall, which is basically a whole bunch of poster notes of like inspirational quotes. And I wrote one down this morning, which is, uh, it's funny that I wrote it down this morning. It's consistency leads to growth, but the key is to be consistent over years and decades versus just weeks and months. Yes. And I think that that's the thing I'm taking away from what you just shared, right? Like, you know, not just, and you know, not just seeing one thing and like, okay, I'm done, you know, what other things would you recommend? So, um, in terms of, you know, building relationships with these journalists, one is the long-term and seeing it like a garden. Yeah. I mean, to be quite frank, it is all long-term. So one of the other pitfalls that some therapists fall into is that they want instant results and marketing is not an instant result practice it is a slow build because you were featured in the Washington Post today does not mean your phone is going to be ringing off the hook tomorrow. You have to give people time in order to find you. Are you promoting the articles that you were featured in? Are you supporting the journalists in other ways? So nurturing those relationships is reading their other articles, commenting on their posts that they're writing, boosting them up and saying, you know, I read this recent article that you wrote and it was beautiful. And this is what I garnered from that. It is very similar to what I teach when you're building a referable, a reliable referral network. You know, it's just not about, you know, reaching out to people when you're trying to fill your caseload. That is a transactional relationship and people can see that coming from a mile away. You really want to take the time and be intentional with people because those are the people that stick around for you. That's how you really build community and build up this longevity in your business. So the other pitfall that I want to mention as well, and I hear this a lot is, well, you know, if I get featured in a periodical or news outlet, then I'll get a backlink for my website. And that's, you know, boosting my SEO power. And the reality is there's no guarantee that that backlink is actually going to boost up your SEO because there are some things behind the scenes that they can do. It's called a no-follow feature, where it's not actually going to increase your SEO or pass on the SEO juice that they've boosted up and and give it to you. So I want to encourage people to not only look for those quick fixes and the things that are more or less like the vanity aspect, look at it from a standpoint of you're contributing your voice, you're helping to destigmatize mental health by talking about it in the public sphere. And people are interested in sharing what you have to offer with their large readership. And does it help you in your practice? Absolutely, it does. Like people are more likely to trust you if they know that you've been featured in a well known periodical and news outlet. So that is the positive impact. But Overall, I want to deter anybody who's thinking like, oh, you know, now I got to reach out to all these journalists so I can fill my caseload. It's like, it, it's, it 
is a strategy, but I want to encourage you to know that there are people just like you. So if someone was to reach out to you every time they needed something and you didn't hear anything after that, you'd feel kind of salty about it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think it's a very good point. And I think it's something that we therapists forget when we put on our business hats at times, right? Because whether it's panic, fear, right? Or whatever might be happening, right? I think when we're in the therapy room, right? We're excellent at this, right? Like seeing the humanity, seeing, you know, being present, right? But then sometimes I think when we put on that business hat, it's like, it does, it can easily turn, you know, transactional. So I guess I had a couple of questions and then we're coming up right on the time, but probably go a little bit over. It's okay. You're reaching out to these uh, journalists and it, it, LinkedIn, is that generally how you're finding them? No. So when I first started, it was primarily through Harrow. That's how I started. And then eventually they were finding me. So the more that I wrote on my blog, the more they were interested in hearing what I had to, had to say. So it was like a symbiotic relationship. When I would reach out to them, they would know more about me, whether they reached back out to me or not, they would go to my website to do some research on me to see like, oh, is this person who they who they say they are? And oftentimes when journalists would reach out to me without me having to reach out to them, they would say, oh, I read your blog on your therapy website about anxiety because that's what I specialize in in my private practice. And that really gave me this nice like, oh, wow, like this professional writer is reading my blog and is impressed and wants to talk to me. Like, how amazing is this? So, you know, to bring it all full circle, sometimes people feel like, you know, my blog isn't for anything other than to like boost up my SEO. It's not really helping people. No one's reading it. People are reading it. People are seeing what you're doing, whether you know it or not. And don't do it only because you want that external validation. Do it because you know deep within you that it is serving a larger purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the other thing I'm like slowly learning as a person and a business owner. Like so much of this is like checking our ego, you know, and being okay with like producing content and, you know, not getting tied to the results, but just the magic of creating that content and putting our voice into the world. Right. And it's, the process for sure. Yes, it is a process. And, you know, for any of your listeners that, you know, have been on this emotional roller coaster of trying to market your practice, especially marketing online, just know that it does take time and it's time well spent. And there are certain strategies that work for certain people, right? Like I love writing. There is nothing else I'd rather be doing. And for people that do not like writing, you know, you have to write in your business. You know, there's no way around that, but there are ways that you can be supported in that writing journey. You don't have to do it alone, just like how I did. I started it off with a passion project and that ended up serving me well in my business. So you can do that too. If there's something that you're just not excited about or you're feeling insecure about, start with what you are excited and passionate about. And maybe, just maybe it'll actually spill over into your business and it'll, it'll help you grow over time. Yeah. I mean, that's a real nuance there. Like, I think if there is like an inkling, you might like something, right? Like writing or podcasting, whatever it is, right? I think 
leaning into it just to at least see where it could go versus like dismissing it like, ah, you know, too much work or whatever, right? Like, listen, for those of you guys that are listening, if if somebody like me who could do this, who's naturally very introverted and, you know, never imagined doing something like this, right? I can do it like you really can. But I think the thing is, it's kind of good to be a little naive at the beginning, you know? And I think that's something I learned too. Aisha, I'm so grateful for you, grateful for just this conversation. I I feel like our time just flew by. Where can we learn more about you and tell us uh, some of the ways that you're supporting therapists as well? Yes. So I have a podcast beyond the session with Aisha, and I talk a lot about strategic marketing, as well as keeping the private practice you work so hard to build. A lot of therapists you know, get discouraged along the way because they put so much effort into starting it. They just realized all of a sudden that it's it's harder to keep it going. So that's what we're talking about on my show. And I'd, I'd love to, you know, have you listen in. And the best way to find me online is through my website, AishaArshabaz.com. I float around the internet here and there. I'm obviously on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok for as long as it exists. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's wonderful. We'll definitely include that in the show notes. Aisha, I'm so grateful for you and uh, grateful that we got to connect and uh, grateful for this conversation. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Melvin. Bye. Hi there. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Aisha. And especially if you've been wanting to get out there more in the media to share your message, I hope that today's podcast session has been really helpful for you. So a couple of practical things. One is if you have not signed up for Harrow H Help a Reporter Out, I definitely encourage you to pause this recording or right after this episode is done, I definitely encourage you to sign up. I think that's a really interesting and a, and a cool opportunity to jump into the world of media. I was thinking and reflecting a lot about this conversation with Aisha and just a couple of things stood out to me. So the very first thing is, I think it has to do with mindset, right? And I don't know, you know, some people call it like abundance versus like poverty mindset. I don't know, like, I I guess in that, in this context, it does kind of make sense. But for me personally, it's a reminder that as we put things into the world and as we reach out and support others, to come from a place of just genuinely wanting to help with zero expectations and nothing in return. I feel like then, I don't know, this might sound a little bit silly, but then when these opportunities do arise, right, they become these pleasant surprises, which create just even more gratitude. The second thing I was thinking a lot about was, you know, building, I see this, I've noticed this thematically across multiple domains of my life. So just with building STC, building the Healthcasters podcasting course, with building our online course mastermind, with now, you know, with building this podcast, with writing now on LinkedIn, that you really want to think in years and decades with regard to your mindset. Because at least for me, when I first started uh, with a lot of these things, I just kept thinking like, I want it to happen yesterday. And if it didn't happen yesterday, I would just get so deterred and then just, it would just impact my own mental health. But when I started to shift this thing of like, you know what, I'm just going to put things out there 
just try to be brave and courageous and more than anything, just aim for consistency and just showing up even if I don't want to. I think that's where things had started to like really change for me. You know, just even as an example of this, like with the STC podcast, you know, I a lot of therapists want to start a podcast and I think it's a wonderful thing to do because it it's a natural offshoot of, of our clinical skill set. But I think if you see podcasting as like, hey, it's just something I'm going to try out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and see how it does. I think that's actually, and I say this out of love and care, but like, I think that's actually the wrong mindset. Maybe that's a little too harsh. I think it's the right mindset of like, hey, I want to try it out and see how it feels. But from a growth perspective, I think it's not the best mindset. The reason is because what I've noticed in my personal experience with STC is uh, it took like, 100 episodes, 125 episodes where before that hockey stick growth started happening. Now, that's all relative, of course, because, you know, STC is still a pretty small niche podcast, right? But, you know, back in those early days, it was like, I thought, man, 90 downloads, that's like amazing, right? Uh, And then a couple of hundred and then a couple of thousand, right? And now we're average. So record this, you know, somewhere from twenty five to twenty eight thousand downloads a month, and I don't think I would have gotten there had I not had that sort of mindset and that fortitude to think in years and decades. So I hope that you embrace that, especially as you think about media and showing up online. Aisha's website again is over at aishaarshabaz dot com. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business, just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.